seconds left. Hardy with six. Hardy on Brown. Hardy with three. With two. Hardy reverse slam is gone. 1.2 left. St. John's 12 with 14 from the field in this second half. Hans again. Also in the ball game. Champagne, you're kidding me! Another three for Julian Champagne. You are now listening to the Eye of the Storm podcast. What's going on, Johnny Nation? Welcome to episode 22 of the Eye on the Storm podcast. My name is David Barov, and St. John's has won seven in a row as they top Niagara 78-70 to behind Joel Soriano's absolutely monster 21 points, 19 rebounds, his NCAA leading sixth double-double of the season. Well, the good news is St. John's is 7-0. The bad news is they were up by 19 over Niagara and couldn't really put it away. There's some question marks here. Let's break it down. Let's see what happened as St. John's has to fight and get the victory over the Purple Eagles. First and foremost, before this game even started, we get the news that Posh Alexander is in concussion protocol from that elbow he suffered in the Syracuse game. An elbow that wasn't even called a foul in the Syracuse game that St. John's did win the Empire Classic in. According to reports, Posh Alexander said that he was feeling concussion-like symptoms the day after, and thus he's in the protocol. We don't know if he's going to be available for the LIU game on Tuesday, but he did miss the game yesterday against Niagara. Rafael Pinzon also missed yesterday's game. So right before the game starts, you find this out. St. John's is down two of their guards. And if you want to look for the silver lining, St. John's finds a way to win despite this and despite a few other things I'm about to get into. But this is why when in the offseason, we're looking at the roster and you see the guys who are coming in and fans are like, ah, why are you bringing in another guard? We should bring in a big. As you can see, you can never have too much guard depth because things like this happen once or twice in the year and you need to rely on a freshman in Kobe King to play some minutes. You need to rely on your transfer, Andre Curbelo, to pick up some slack. And then you got to put Dylan Adaiwusu and Montez Mathis on the ball to help bring the ball up as well and run the offense. So where do we begin? First and foremost, happy Thanksgiving to all the listeners of the Eye in the Storm podcast. Thank you so much for all of you who have been here since episode one. To those of you who are new and are joining recently, thank you so much for your support. Everybody who I got to meet at McMahon's during the Empire Classic and everybody who still says that they enjoy the podcast at games. Uh, I can't appreciate it enough, and I'm really thankful for you guys. Thanksgiving and a game so close to Thanksgiving, two days after it, you know, the narrative that surrounds that, and before the game, I heard a lot of people talking about it, whether on social media or even inside Carneseco Arena, that this was a trap game. Now, why is it a trap game? Well, you're coming off the Empire Classic Championship win. You beat Temple, you beat Syracuse, you get a few days off, you've got the holiday and Thanksgiving, you're with your family, you're with friends, and then two days later, you're going into a game against Niagara, which you're quote-unquote supposed to win. You come into the game as a 19-point favorite, and 
You're going to play a few days after that against an LIU team, which is not strong either. You're supposed to roll past them. And staring you in the face right after that is a trip to Iowa against Iowa State and the Cyclones, who just knocked off the number one team in the country in North Carolina. And they play one of your rivals, UConn, tonight. So you got that staring you in the face. It's a look-ahead moment. You know, you try not to believe in this kinds of things. But Joel Soriano, after the game, acknowledged that it was a trap game situation coach mike anderson after the game acknowledged that it was a tough situation for him he said that it was one of those games as a coach you worry about implying he was very well aware of the situation and very well aware of the trap game possibility he said he was up all night thinking and worrying about the game so you pair that with the posh alexander news that he's not playing before the game along with rafael pinzon and you're in a spot where all right you better not sleep You better not coast because you could very well be in trouble. Now, again, everything that you needed to do in this game starts with winning the game. They did that. The problem was the way that they won makes you concerned because, again, we are trying to change the narrative here. We're hoping that this is a different kind of team. And the 7-0 start tells you that, but... There are still some bad habits that are ever present within this team. And when you don't win a game like this convincingly, you allow doubt, you allow skepticism, you allow criticism because the saying goes, quote unquote, good teams find a way to get that 19 point lead, put their foot on their necks and extend it to 2530, and then you got your walk-ons closing the game. Instead, St. John's 19-point lead in this game turned into five, turned into, holy crap, we better buckle down. Eventually, they did get the lead back up to 10, and they win the game by eight. Now, you know, sitting there yesterday afternoon, I never really felt that the game was in jeopardy. Even when it got down to five points, you're, you're pissed off, but you never really felt that you were in jeopardy of losing the game. Now, while you never thought that the game was in jeopardy, at least I did, there were concerns in this game. You know, in the first half, St. John's shoots 14 for 31, good for 45%. They were clicking a little bit on offense. They were working their way through Joel Soriano, who was about to go for a career-best performance. But the play overall, and it really reared its ugly head in the second half, but even in the first half, you know, Andre Curbelo starts the game off with two threes, and again, I don't really have an issue with it. He's riding a high off of his Empire Classic MVP performance. But my issue is, as the point guard of this team, you know, especially when you don't have a Posh Alexander available in the game, you're expected to be smart. You're expected to lead this offense. And he took two really quick shots, two threes that he missed. He did get fouled on another attempt and he went to the line. He also picked up two really quick fouls in the first half that by the 10 minute mark, he was benched. But again, the defense was strong in the first half. They went on a few runs. They went on a nine and oh run. They had a 30 to 16 lead with six minutes to go. They were outscoring them in the paint 14 to zero. Lots of action in the paint. And again, so you see this lead of 32 to 19. You're, you're confident. You're like, okay, we're going to coast. So this game was kind of like the opposite of what we have seen so far is that we came out of the game we played pretty well in the first half you had some big leads and then it was the second half where things started to whittle away you know your your defense was stout in the first half you held niagara to just 35 percent from the field they did hit six threes in the first half so again saint john's defense on the three wasn't great they left that corner three open a bunch definitely in the second half as well 
but overall that first half you were pretty happy with but your two big studs in david jones and andre corbello had really off games it started from the beginning of the game and it lasted all throughout the second half andre corbello finished the game with just six points three rebounds two steals three assists david jones had 10 points three rebounds and that was it he only played 20 minutes andre corbello only played 20 minutes so these guys who spent a long time on the bench because they picked up fouls. David Jones ended up fouling out of this game. Andre Corbello really, in my opinion, didn't seem fully engaged in this game. Now, again, is this the trap game situation? Is this the holiday situation? Is this the lesser opponent situation? Who knows? But again, you want to avoid these kinds of things. You want to avoid people like me and others kind of looking into this and starting to question, well, are they not going to be able to get up for games or can we chalk this up as an anomaly? I certainly hope so. Can we chalk this up as the prototypical trap game after a holiday? Get this out of your system. These kids are human. These kids are, you know, tired after playing three games in a week, perhaps. But again, good teams find a way to win. St. John's did that. Good teams find a way to put away lesser competition. I don't think St. John's did that today. But remember, the most important thing here is that St. John's did get the win. You don't have that loss on your record. You don't have the blemish. And you are still perfect on the year at 7-0. and If you watch the broadcast, you saw FS1 did something really cool. They took the camera into Niagara's locker room and actually showed Coach Greg Paulus coaching up his team and it's really interesting to hear what another coach says about your team and he was telling them how we were not stopping the ball that he wanted them to be really aggressive and again he preached winning every four minutes and i thought that towards the second half of the second half niagara started to really do that but major props to fs1 and greg paulus for doing that i hope we see a lot more of that this year early in the second half david jones picks up two quick fouls in the first First two minutes, it's just absolutely backbreaking, especially for someone who wasn't doing much in the first half. And this is a guy who we've been relying on for a lot of offense. That being said, St. John's is still putting together a good half with 15 minutes to go. Omar Stanley slams a fast break dunk that puts St. John's ahead 51-32. And then what happened? The lead gets up to 19. Curbelo takes this quick jumper that he misses early in the shot clock. He follows it up with a reach and foul and gets yanked right away. Soriano sits down at the same time and Niagara goes on a 7-0 run in 42 seconds. AJ Story gets a layup, Wusu hits a three, and back and forth we go. Okay, St. John's back up to a 17-point lead. And then all of a sudden, things start to, you know, whittle away. You didn't have a point guard on the floor for a while. Mike Anderson went with Wusu, AJ Jones, Isaiah Nywi, and Mathis. And you're sitting there like, "Eh, I don't know if this is going to really work out. Jones picks up his fourth foul with 10 minutes to go. He gets benched. It was a really disjointed performance. I thought that overall... The team looked disinterested. I think that overall the team, I don't want to say it didn't want to be there, but there was a little bit lack of energy in the second half. It really wasn't a great performance. And it's frustrating because, again, you want to avoid 
these kinds of things being said because a lot of this is old habits. St. John's finds a way to win despite all of that, despite horrific free throw shooting, despite only having nine assists on the game, which means they weren't sharing the basketball, they weren't moving the ball, something that they've been doing really well all year. Again, really concerning, but again, trap game situation perhaps i i I don't know i it's it's an excuse i know that we shouldn't be having to say that but again you do win the game st john's outscores niagara with points in the paint by 10 they demolished them on points off of turnovers they won the second half they won the second chance points st john's almost tripled them up on fast break points so they played the better game all things considered posh and pins on were out you're down two guys and again, Mike Anderson also goes to a shorter bench. Isaiah Nywe was in the game. Kobe King played extensive minutes. Patrice Traore and Mokita did not check into the game at all. Free throws. You heard me talk about it before the season started. You've heard me talk about how it's actually been a lot better recently. But in this game, my oh my, St. John's misses 15 free throws. 23 for 38 on the game. You missed 15 free throws. You want to talk about it only being an eight-point game at the end when the final horn sounds. Free throws missed is one of the most frustrating things to me as a fan in basketball, especially on your home court, to miss that many. These are your rims. This is your surroundings. This is where you practice all the time. How do you miss 15 free throws? Joel Soriano was 7 of 13 from the line. Montez Mathis was 3 of 6 from the line. Kobe King missed 1. Dylan Adaiwusu missed 3. It's frustrating because you really could have blown these guys out if you just hit your free throws. That being said, let's go to the positives. I thought AJ Store played a really strong game, 8 points in 17 minutes. He's starting to get a little bit more minutes. I think, again, once he starts picking up his defense a little bit more and once he becomes a little more assertive on offense, you still can see that he's tentative. And I think that once he really gets comfortable, and again, that may not happen this year. He's a freshman, so we'll see. But AJ Starr, I thought, played pretty well. Dylan Wusu was needed in that extra guard role. Ten points for him, four rebounds. He did have two assists as well, two steals, four of seven from the floor. Omar Stanley, again, just has been an unsung hero of this team in regards to coming off the bench, even though he did start this game. It was his first career start. Omar just does the dirty work. He does everything that you need. He is tough. He is hard-nosed. He goes up for those rebounds. He fights his butt off. He's efficient. He was four of six from the floor. He made both of his free throws, scored 10 points, six rebounds, had two blocks, a steal, even an assist in 30 minutes. So Omar has been one of the biggest bright spots on this team this year and is certainly someone that is really being relied on. I, I think that he is just getting even more confident by the game and he does everything that you need. So Omar Stanley, super, super big props to him. The man of the hour is Joel Soriano. 21 points, 19 rebounds, his sixth double-double, which leads the country. 7 of 13 from the line. He was 7 of 14 from the field. He had a block in 33 minutes. This man is a one-man wrecking crew right now. Every single 
game. He is going out there with this mentality to absolutely dominate, and you have to love it. We are watching a special season in the making for Joel Soriano. Joel Soriano's 20-plus points and 19 rebounds is the first of its kind for St. John's since Sean L. Scott went for 20-19 and 19 against Seton Hall on February 17, 1993. Six double-doubles in seven games for Joel Soriano, and now... After yesterday's win against Niagara, Joel Soriano's last three games, he's averaged 18.3 points per game, shooting 57% from the floor to go with 15 rebounds per game. This is a special, special season so far for Joel Soriano. It is a season where he is being rewarded for the hard work that he puts in. And I'm not going to stop saying this. I am not going to stop heaping praise on him because what he has put himself through in regards to the work to change his body, to refine his offense, to get that extra spark, to stay on the floor, get these rebounds, run up and down the floor in Mike Anderson's system. Joel Soriano is being rewarded for his hard work and the country is starting to notice. So what was the good and what was the bad to take from this 78-70 win over Niagara? The bad has to be the free throws. Can't miss 15 free throws. Absolutely can't do that. I thought the decision-making in the second half was really poor. Some really stupid shots were taken. And there was a lot of one-on-one basketball being played that led to not sharing the ball, not passing, not getting those assists. And you really allowed yourself to get turned over. You allowed Niagara to get back into the game. And so these are all things that we haven't really seen much of this year that reared its ugly head. Andre Corbello and David Jones had bad games. They combined for 5 of 18 from the floor. They only hit 1-3 amongst themselves. They scored 16 points together, but one guy fouled out in David Jones. Andre Corbello had four fouls. They played 20 minutes apiece. It looked like Andre Corbello was benched for a little bit at one point from some of his decision-making and his defense. I wasn't crazy about what I saw from Andre Corbello and David Jones either. There was body language issues. There was a lack of interest, it looked like. Perhaps I'm wrong. That's just how it looked from the outside. Let's chalk it up to a one-game situation and move on. But the good is that St. John survived and won a game without Rafael Pinzon, without Posh Alexander, and with David Jones and Andre Curbelo having off nights. So that's huge. Only seven turnovers by St. John's, and they did force Niagara to turn the ball over 17 times. Omar Stanley, I thought, was excellent and continues to really find his way with this team. And of course, Joel Soriano, 21 points, 19 rebounds. What else can you say? He's an absolute monster, and they're calling him Big Beastie. He's earning that nickname. Be happy that you're coming out of this game with a win. You finished the week perfect, 3-0. and Shout out to the ladies in Las Vegas, who also had a perfect week. They went 2-0, but St. John's gets the win, 78-70 over Niagara, and now you move on to a game on Tuesday against LIU. Another trap game situation, you don't want to be looking ahead to Iowa State on December 4th, so you got to take care of business. Now you're going to be in a little bit of a better situation here, a few days off, plus a normal start time instead of 2 p.m. on a Saturday, you're back to 6.30 on a weekday. A few more things to note. St. John's did get three votes in the AP poll last Monday. I expect them to get more on Monday coming up before the LIU game. At 7-0, you've done everything that you've been asked for. They're 40 in Ken Palm right now, which 
inches down after the Niagara win because they didn't win convincingly, but that's okay. They're doing everything that they need to. I don't expect them to be ranked as they shouldn't be coming off of this win. These are good wins in regards to Temple and Syracuse. You're happy you survived against Niagara. The whole rank us talk is a little premature. Let's see what happens over the next week. If St. John's can take care of business against LIU and then go into Iowa State and find a way to win that game, then we're talking about getting St. John's ranked when they're 9-0 and with a really great win over Iowa State, who I expect to be ranked this upcoming Monday. I do want to shout out a former St. John's player who now plays for Binghamton. The crime dog, John McGriff, made SportsCenter this week as he hit the game-winning three for Binghamton. Binghamton was down by four points with 8.7 seconds left. They hit a long three, and McGriff stole the inbounds pass and was forced into the corner in front of his own bench, and he threw up a desperation three, and he hit it to win the game. So major props to the crime dog and former Johnny who is doing well for himself over at Binghamton. What's next for St. John's? It is LIU on November 29th at 6.30 p.m. St. John's takes on another local team, and you can catch that game on FS1. Not sure about the status of Posh Alexander. Hopefully he will be back for that game. Rafael Pinzon, we hope to see him back into action soon. He was off to a nice start this season and is already been sidelined now a few games with that right ankle injury as somebody who was out for a majority of games last year we really want him back and back into the swing of things for sure let's see how david jones and andre curbelo bounce back in this game and does joel soriano continue his absolute torrid pace and keep the country on notice as one of the best big men in the land looking for his seventh double double hope to see everybody at carneseca arena on tuesday let's keep this going let's go for eight and oh and i'll see you guys next time you've been listening to the eye on the storm podcast go johnny's